say everything's bigger in Texas, including climate change. That's why Houston is leading the energy transition. Here in H-Town, the fourth largest city in the United States, entrepreneurs from across Texas and around the world are gathering to work with titans of industry to build the technology that will reduce emissions and power a low carbon future. We sit down with those change makers and wildcatters who are solving the toughest energy challenges. With trillions of dollars on the line, we dig into how Houston will bring technology to market on a massive scale. Join us as we talk with the leaders of the energy capital of the world as they show us how the energy transition gets done. I'm Lara Cottingham, and this is the Energy Technology Podcast. And I'm Jason Etier. Let's jump in. Welcome back uh, to the show. I'm, I'm Jason Etier here with Lara. And today uh, we have our guest, uh, Edward uh, Eichstetter, who is with uh, EKU uh, Power Drives, yep. uh, working to help make the oil and gas industry uh, control emissions, reduce cost, and and really they're starting to dig into carbon accounting. Edward, would you tell us a little bit about uh, the business and where it is today? Yeah, sure. Uh, and and thank you, Jason, and you guys for inviting me. I think um, it's important. I mean, our business is uh, start started in Germany, and uh, we we are at GmbH, and we have a, a Inc here in the U.S. And, and we are very, very focused on automation and electrification of industrial equipment. Yeah? Uh, we are still very big in the oil and gas. It's like 90% of our business, but we are also starting to get involved in construction, mining, mm-hmm. and and all of those, all of these businesses and industries are kind of put together through emissions and ESG. It's a very, very important topic, not only uh, here in the U.S., also in Europe and and uh, it's a topic that we're looking very, very deep into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how did you get it started? It started in Germany specifically. Yeah. A lot of people ask us why, why you started a business in Germany and all your customers are in the US. And it's not anymore like that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we finally have a customer in Germany. Um, but uh, it started really, uh, I, I was working for Bosch, I, I was a functional safety engineer there and and I did not get involved with my boss and before that I was doing racing cars and those racing cars were fully electric yeah mm-hmm. and that team was amazing and uh, and you know I was pissed when my boss I came back I asked one of my friends there which his name is Manuel and say hey Manuel we, we should do something and say oh look I, I was working uh, in Houston uh, with MTU and they're doing this frack and they have these big engines and this is the most inefficient powertrain system you're going to find in the world. So opportunities just huge. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, okay, let's, let's do that. Um, uh, whatever I I'm in. So, um, I went for vacations, uh, where, where actually I met my wife and on that particular, particular vacation. And, uh, and then, and, uh, when I, during my vacations, one thing was clear. I mean, he is the mechanical guy. I was the electrical guy. I'm a very extrovert person, so I, I can do also the business side of things. The and and then we said, well, we need someone that does the software and brings everything to the end. And that person is Leonardo. And and then they both of them called me. Hey, look, the idea that we had, it's not the idea that we want to do, but we're gonna do this, and we wanted to do a natural gas hybrid. Um. And that that was the beginning of the company. I came back from my vacations and and they say, okay, we quit our jobs. I did. I was working for Bosch. He was working for MTU, and Leonardo was working for a software company 
Vector Informatic, and that's the beginning of EKU. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and so your, your customers were in the US, and, yeah. and how did you go about developing a product for customers so yes. far away? Yes. So, I mean, out of yeah. Germany, it's definitely, yeah. uh, it's different. It's like, I don't, uh, now it's a lot easier because I live here in the US, but uh, we went, uh, we, we came here to the hydraulic technology conference in, in the woodlands, and that was our first place. We met Liberty when they had like five mm -hmm. fleets or something like that. And, and, and we said, look, let's, let's use natural gas for, um, for the main power, uh, uh, for the main fuel source on frac, mm -hmm. which, uh, at that time dual fuel was very, or starting to becoming big and, but we wanted to have a natural gas only frac pump. So our design was a natural gas, uh, hybrid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We call it gibbet. Yeah. And, and that was, that was our concept. Yeah. And, uh, at one conference in New Orleans, uh, that we were coming and actually paying with, with, with our, with our, um, money, uh, coming every time from Germany and New Orleans, uh, we were there and there was this big session with all the OEMs, Caterpillar, MTU and Cummins. And we were asking questions about the dual fuel and the emissions out of that and the methane slip and all of that. And the session ended. And they didn't give any answers, yeah. And but a lot of people turn to us and say, "Hey, why do you guys know this? Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more of what you guys want to do?" And one particular one was uh, Pioneer Natural Resources, and they said, "Okay, come next, come tomorrow to Dallas and uh, Urban, and and let's let's talk about that." And okay, we went there the next day, and we were flying actually a day after to 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 Germany and. Manuel, I remember he went there and had the meeting. He came back on the same day that he got in that, <laughs> into Houston and we got to the plane to Germany. And a few weeks later, we had a, a deal with them. And that's, mm. that's, that's how we pretty much bootstrap our company with that deal with Pioneer Natural Resources. Yeah. I, I find with a lot of entrepreneurs or, or, or people thinking about being entrepreneurs, they fall in love with an idea that they really want to pursue. And, and it sounds like the first concept here was working on hybrid frac. Yeah. But then you, you talked to customers who said I have a pain point and 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 changed what you were making first? How did yeah. you how did you go through that process and realize you should pivot? And I hate to use the word pivot, but that 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 is well, what it feels like. Uh, pivot is a good word. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's not bad. Um, the, the, I mean, the secret sauce for our success has been always being very close to the customer. Mm -hmm. We we talk to them all the yeah. time, and 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 I, at that time. Uh, I decided to come here to to the U.S. three months and to be next to Pioneer and with their engineering group and discussing all the pain points. And one thing came out pretty quick. And I'm, I'm talking here in 20, 2014, 2015, yeah, around those dates. Mm -hmm. um, the, the natural gas infrastructure did not exist as we wanted. Mm -hmm. The transport was not as easy as we wanted. Um, it was not as big as we see it today. And then the cost and the contracts that uh, Pioneer did have at that time were just not feasible. So uh, the idea was not as good on the numbers as we thought. Yeah, but we learned a lot about the application. Yeah, and and that application uh, we became experts very quick. And then uh, after a few weeks in here, I think it was six weeks into this, Leonardo also flew from Germany, and and we were discussing with them and say, look. Um, also, 
the, the price went down. <laughs> <laughs> and and Pioneer said, look, $40 a barrel, we, 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 we cannot risk with mm -hmm. you guys because we were three guys or four guys at that time. Uh, and, and, but um, we said, look, guys, if we do this, uh, in in the downturn time, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna save a lot of money and you're gonna become more efficient. And that was to eliminate every idle in between stages. And at that time, it was very big. Superfrac mm -hmm. did not exist, and all of that. And and then you know we were a big part of during that downturn of getting the frac industry more efficient. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about. Downturns, upturns, sideways turns. We yeah. have seen everything the past couple of years, especially natural gas. Like, how has that impacted your business, and how does that get you to where you are today? Well, this is this year is probably the only upturn that we ever had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it has been tough for the oil and gas, uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I do I do believe companies that come out of tough situations and they come into the good situations um like th this year is a is a very busy year for the oil and gas um uh it's easier now for us yeah mm -hmm. to to do everything that we are doing yeah but the downturns is just part of it you, you need to be on it and if it is covid uh it's also part of it you also need some luck in, into all of this um and uh it's just part of the commitment to having a company or being an entrepreneur yeah mm -hmm. have the um the challenges or the needs of your customers changed in the past year during covid and then looking toward the next couple of years with everything that's going on internationally yeah well funny funny enough um no really yeah uh, has become more important mm -hmm. uh, i mean esg is now a buzzword let's call it and a lot of people are talking about that but we were talking about this 2014. We were, yep. we had customers that came to us and say, I, I will never put a tier four engine in my fleet. And now they have only tier four engines in their fleets. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, diesel uh, or dual fuel systems, they did have methane slip. And we told that that did exist. And and everyone said, oh, that's not true. And then they measure it. And we worked with ARC. Uh, together to to get that uh i mean to g get values with them and 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 yeah it was true okay and then pretty much now people are more conscious of of that that there is the emissions are important and emissions are a big part of of every business in uh, today yeah yeah, yeah. So what's going on right now? What's the what's the biggest exciting news? Why is now the time that folks should be paying attention to EKU? Yeah, well, um, um, so it's 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 very exciting right now because, like I told at the beginning, the the story of the natural gas hybrid is mm -hmm. kind of becoming a reality. Uh, that something that would pivot out is now pretty much happening. Since yesterday, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we 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 designed a full efrac system together with with profrac, yeah, and and we have designed it from you know from scratch from from the drawings to having in the field yesterday. So that has been a, a great great uh, success for us, and that 
has been a great opportunity for us to to work um, with, you know, adding really our knowledge into everything that we have done and all the our all of our know how over the last years on the application um, from the automobile industry that we have mm -hmm. been gathering together. It was just a great great opportunity to put in there. Yeah, so that that has been. This is the, the biggest news for EKU. I mean, we we, we are doing EFRAC. We mm -hmm. are now also doing power generation. We are now we don't have a gibbet. We have it at power generation on one side, the pumps on the other side, but uh, we are still looking into doing very high efficient uh, power generation. And that, that will be a difference in five years. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that uh, I will hear myself in, in five years and say, I, I told you guys. <laughs> so. Similar, like I told uh, people in the past, like tier four is gonna be something, efficiency is gonna be a very, very big topic. And and efficiency, a lot of times is not to have an efficient engine, it's also a lot of times have an efficient process, uh, automation, mm -hmm. uh, using your engine only when you are gonna make money and shut down when you don't need it. And, and simple things like that, that started with our product that is a star-stop system. Now we implement that into, you know, bigger loads, bigger uh, systems, and then this this is uh, the biggest news right now. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um, You've mentioned a couple of interesting names, and looking through your uh, company, I saw a bunch of others. There was a Vulcan. There was a Henry. <laughs> uh, how do you guys come up with your names? Well, uh, that's that's a very good question. Uh, Henry, for example, um, uh, Paul. Which I don't know. And also, what is Henry yes. and Paul? Yeah. What, Paul, what do they Paul, do? Paul works for us. I, I, and probably he's going to be surprised that I'm talking about him because I don't know him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he is in Germany and he has a dog called Henry. And um, and then someone asked me, hey, how, how should we call this control box? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and they say, oh, Henry. Okay. And then now is uh, the brand of the control box that we are going to use in the IFRAC. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's how we do that. And and we have a lot more than Vulcan. Vulcan is our heater system. We have mm -hmm. Sophia. A lot of people say it's my ex-girlfriend, but it's not. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we have Nora, mm -hmm. Suze, and others. <laughs> so, I like it. It helps yeah. also put that like human touch behind all of these things. Yes. Uh, you know, we thought that a lot of times... Uh, software systems or engineering systems they call it like one version two version three and we said okay well, let's give it some names that people can remember and that's that's the main reason yeah yeah but is ever like oh, henry henry's acting up henry Henry's broken. <laughs> we've, we've got it well, actually another another very very fun story about a name is is ruth ruth yeah and and the ruth controller is very known now mm. in the industry uh it was a little controller that we did as a gateway and i i was working late night and my mother-in-law woke up and, and said, what are you doing now? I'm working on this PCB. And, uh, and then I asked her, oh, give me a name. And I said, and she, said oh, she said, Ruth. Yeah, and she, that's her name. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I put it there. And then still, I don't know, six, seven years later, it's funny because we have support cases. Oh, Red Root controller, uh, pin five is not working. And I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, so she's famous. Yeah, yes. she, she's famous. Yeah, that's good. Do you ever have like uh, Ruth 2.0 or 3.0 or are you just no, like, actually internally? The, the, the 2.0 is the la latest version oh, and okay. that's going to 
become Rex. Okay. So, Interesting. Okay. So, there you go. So just, there, there are many names. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Houston, right? That's yep. part of why we're here. Yep. And you weren't originally in Houston. Why did you decide to come here? What about Houston helped draw you here? You've been here for a while. What are you most proud of? What do you like? Well, I mean, definitely is the capital of energy. That's mm -hmm. uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, and the, the the oil and gas industries drove us here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we. We were in Dallas at the beginning too um, with, with Pioneer, but um, uh, our next customer was always this petroleum and then Keen, which is now next year. And then mm -hmm. uh, easily it was, uh, it was an easy decision to decide to come to Houston. Yeah? And uh, we decided the Woodlands because that's where the conference that we were going all the time. So we say, okay, this is good. This is probably good for our families too. And then employees working for EKU and as, as a, a good place and that that's that's why mm -hmm. did did you find the culture in Houston to be different or different from what you expected um definitely different than mm -hmm. germany yeah that's that's for sure um what, what's different tell us well um what's not different <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 it, we like I mean, cars the, yes. right we both like cars and big cars yeah, yeah. And, and uh that's that and, and it's maybe texas too everything is a bit bigger um no I mean, for me, it was not such a cultural shock because I, I grew up in Venezuela and I, mm. I, they have a, a more American life there mm. than, and that's where I grew up. So, but when you are in Germany um, and if you come here, definitely there's going to be a shock. Like, oh, oh look at these pickups. Uh, they drive only V8s here and, what, <laughs> and things like that. Like, uh, are, are, are um, different. People are very open here mm. or, very chatty. I mean, my, my wife was very surprised in the supermarket that she was putting her bags in there and, and people came, hey, can I help you? And in Germany, it's unusual that something that like that happened. So people are very open and no, we felt at home very quick. And also my son was born here, so I, I cannot delete that from my from my story. You know? Yeah. And, and since you brought it up, we have to talk about one of the best hidden gems of Houston is Central Market and HEB. <laughs> Do you like is that true? Is that that's, that's true. That's probably one of the best <laughs> supermarkets ever. Yeah? Yeah. Not 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 uh, as economical uh, as Aldi, but uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. <laughs> yeah. True story. And there is an Aldi here. Too. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um. What about the innovation ecosystem here? As a as an entrepreneur, as a founder, how do you feel that that is here in Houston? Well, um, uh, definitely. The, the industry requires a lot of innovation yeah? mm -hmm. and and it it moves so quick yeah and 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 it has so much i call it gravity yeah when mm -hmm. something i want to electrify and then everyone is electrifying and then a lot of investment comes into that and that gives a lot of opportunities for smaller companies like we were yeah mm -hmm. i mean uh and and i think that's that's impressive yeah they they, they are very open to take some risk especially like Pioneer, a multi-billion dollars company. Um, yeah, let's give a PO to mm -hmm. four guys. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's probably unusual, and I would say uh, very unique to, to 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 the industry and to Houston and the oil and gas and and all of that. Yeah, yeah and, and and tell us uh, how it was to work with Houston investors. I think we shared an investor, yeah. and I found the the experience um, one of the best in investor relationships I ever had. But I, I don't. 
tell us about Houston investors well, in general. Well, well, we 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 did look for investors and 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 uh, when, uh, and the investors were very interesting. I think um, we we learned a lot how how to do business in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to find investors. Yeah, uh, uh, and we found a great investor here in in Houston, uh, and it was probably one of the best uh, decisions that we made um, and that did help us to grow as we are growing right now. Yeah, so. are, are you willing to name drop the good investors that <laughs> yeah. you liked working with? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's it's when we, when we started in, mm. in Germany looking for investors, it, it was difficult. Mm. I mean, and the only guys in Houston, what are you guys doing and there mm. and all of that? And I said, well, the opportunity is just big. And then we went and pitched to like 70 investors at the early stage. And we had an investor in Germany. and. And in here, we did not need that. And the company was a bit more mm. mature. Um, and we pitched here to four or five investors and, and we took the one that was probably the best for us and, and is helping us a lot. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, what, about, what about challenges here in Houston? Is there anything for your company or just in general? What would you say? Well, challenges is uh, workforce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I would say, the biggest challenge. Yeah? I mean, uh, EKU is very vertically integrated, for example, and then we, we do from the chip to the sensor, I call it. Yeah? So we do our own PCBs, our own software, our own firmware, our own everything. Mm -hmm. So supply chain affects us, but we can rework it. Okay, you don't have something, I buy it from someone else and I redesign. Uh, but, but getting getting um talent is it's been a, a big challenge mm -hmm. do you have jobs open right now yes like 10 yeah. 10 all right <laughs> yeah. well at the end we're going to make sure you tell everybody how they can get yes. those jobs yes, yes. Uh, no definitely yeah. we need software guys field technicians uh electromechanical people um so that's uh people that wants to work in the warehouses, yeah. all kinds. Yeah. Do, do you find most of the, the folks you're bringing in come from within the oil and gas industry or are they coming from other places? Well, because we are... Oh, I have that problem That's too. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Keep sorry going. About, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we are um, definitely uh, getting people from the oil and gas because we need people with frack experience. Mm. And we also um are getting people from other industries because what we are doing was it's not common in this industry so we are bringing a lot of people from power generation we're bringing people from the automobile industry into this industry yeah mm -hmm. and when we talk about houston you know uh, houston is a leader in energy but it's also a leader in the energy transition are there things that houston can do to educate around emissions and and in the energy transition that you see um yes i um on the that i mean houston itself i think the park is mm -hmm. a good source mm -hmm. uh we've been working with them and hark is the houston advanced research center i would say yes yeah in the woodlands that's right and and, and actually hark it's it, uh, it we have a good story with yeah. them too um because at the beginning 2014, we mm -hmm. were presenting together with U.S. World Services about electrification and mm -hmm. frac, and they were, uh, you know, talking also about the dual fuel and the emissions and things like this. And, and at the very early stage, 
and and I don't know, we never lost contact with them. And and today we even are working with US World Services together and getting their fleets better and and kind of um, has been they, they have been always involved. So this this is a for example a very good resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I worked with Hark um, when I was working on the city's climate action plan. They were one of our advisors and they have okay. so much uh, industry knowledge as well as climate knowledge and all of the things that really make Houston. So they are a great resource yes. to everyone. They, they are a great resource. And we even do our team meetings in their building because mm-hmm. they're very close. And our and their <laughs> building is very fancy. Yeah, it's very I wish we had more. I wish we had their building in Houston so that people yes. could see um, what a building of the future has the potential. Yes, to exactly. Like. Yeah. Though it's not future. <laughs> uh, so a question. Yeah. Tell me what it's like. I mean, you've been talking about fracking, right? Yeah. Um, that it can be a tough conversation to have when you're also talking about energy transition. You're also talking about climate. Yeah. So how do you handle that? How do you um, help bridge that gap and explain? Because some that's one of those sugar words that, that brings a lot of emotions to some conversations. Mm-hmm. How has that been going, especially um, especially in today's world where, like you said, ESG, it's not just a buzzword. It's something that everyone really cares about. And mm-hmm. like you said, five years from now, um, this is going to be even more built out. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh... It's been uh, since the beginning of the company uh, a discussion. Uh, you guys are doing fracking, but how does that fit to sustainability and ESG uh, when the word did not exist? Yeah, and, and I said, well, it, it is very important. Yeah, I mean, um, because of the impact that mm-hmm. you can do. Yeah, and 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 uh, we're we're friends of all kinds of what we call today energy transitions, wind energy, solar energy, and, and so on. They, they, but but uh, the need of, of fossil fuel is, it's very, very important. And the easiest and most efficient way to get it, uh, or if, if you are developing technologies to get it more efficiently, then it's gonna become you know greener and greener if you wanna call it, yeah? Even if you are doing, um, uh, wind or solar, you need to mine for pro- mm. products. If you want to do batteries, which we are battery experts, yeah, mm-hmm. you need to mine for those products, and then uh, the mining is going to become very important. And you need to become become or do mining trucks more efficient, which we are doing right now. We are working on uh, on increasing the efficiency of mining trucks, so the impact of mining or the ESG rating is better. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so. Um, it's 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 not something that you can say oh i, I want to stop this and start something new like everything like a new employee like a, a company is it's a transition and it takes time and and you cannot take something out without having without having some something uh um i would call it a a plan behind what mm-hmm. you're leaving yeah so uh, a succession plan yeah that's the correct word mm-hmm. yeah so I, I think the natural gas is a very clean fossil fuel mm-hmm. um, and, it, and it's great, but that doesn't mean also that diesel is required. Diesel is a very good energy source, very impressive, very uh, useful. Yeah. And, and, and it's, um, it's a mix of everything. Yeah? Mm-hmm. There is no one 
solution for everything. Yeah, and then you cannot say, okay, we're gonna do solar everything. We're gonna do electric cars everything. It's 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 just not working. There is you need to have multiple solutions uh, for 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 the industry. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the the thing that's that's always hard to remember is that the oil and gas industry is huge. The amount of energy we consume through the fossil fuels is hu- huge, and the the work you're doing is is to make that more efficient and more effective. Yeah, and 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 hearing you talk about the early days of EKU, I was thinking back to 2013 and 14, and and a lot of the discussion back then around uh, shale and fracking was um, EROI, right? Energy invested and, and return on energy invested. Yes. And, and in many ways, I think it's been proven out that the, that the return or the output of, of, of actually fracking and producing a shale well is, is, is really high. And, and as we start to invest in more energy saving and, and emission redu- reducing technologies, that's just going to improve the, the, the physical ROI, but also the, the EROI of those solutions. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then you, you see that uh, pretty much on the EFRAC. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we started, we had, let me see around 15% emissions reductions on the diesel track by putting our product. <laughs> yeah, and rough numbers depends on location, engines, uh, and what engines they were there. And, and we can track that very detailed to each individual engine. Yeah, But uh, in the case of the EFRAC, um, you can put very efficient engines powering those. Uh, if you have grid access and then you have a very high efficient power plant somewhere, Mm-hmm. And and power those units, and then you can start producing uh, fossil fuels in a very efficient way, and and that's that's a solution too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for folks who are listening who might not be in the energy industry, how would you explain how your technology? We talk about efficiency, we talk about savings. How does it make it better? Right? How does it make it better for the people who live there? Um, apart from dollars and cents, right? Um, what else is a selling point? What is it? How what's the impact on communities? What's the impact on in Texas the folks who live right down the road from drilling? Yeah, well, um, definitely there's a big impact on communities and um, every technology. I mean, the dollars are always important. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, if it, I I think if you are you want to do a technology that is going to be very efficient and it's going to I don't know eliminate uh emissions or carbon capture mm-hmm. things uh, but the the the, the cost so high that it's not feasible then that technology doesn't doesn't work because uh, I mean we we need always to think that uh most of the companies in this world are built for profit are mm-hmm. not yeah but <laughs> they do, they also exist but they also need money for yeah. doing things yeah and and how does this help? I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I do believe that uh, the reduction of emissions is going to help everyone. And and you notice that. I mean, um, if if you are somewhere in the middle of uh, the rainforest in South America, you feel the difference when you are here in the middle of Houston, yeah? mm-hmm. and, you, and you take a big breath, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's that changes, yeah. And and I think there was a big change of. 20 years ago when no regulations were in cars, for example, and today, yeah, so there's, there has been improvement and slowly, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I'm a big fan of progress. I mean, every time that you do a step forward and maybe two back and then three forward and then one back and 
five forward, mm. you're doing progress. And and I think we're doing progress on, on multiple things. Yeah. yeah. What additional technology either do you have in the works or what do you think needs to be developed that would help um, minimize the impact as much as possible? Right. We need as much renewable as we possibly can. But we also need to be working on the other types of energy and energy production at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times um, from the more environmental climate side, we talk about the cleanest possible, like you said. But yeah. we also need to be working on what we can do to help the, the other types of fossil fuel production, because as long as it's being produced, mm -hmm. right, there are communities that are next door. And so I'm always super interested to see, like, how are we innovating on those two fronts at the same time? Yeah. Well, I think, um, and, and just talking from EKU mm -hmm. perspective, mm -hmm. being an automation company, yeah, uh, automation brings a lot to that. Yeah. And, and yes, there are definitely technologies like hydrogen that they might have a high future in the, uh, or high potential in the future. But we were not involved yet into it because we are looking more into how to automate things, yeah. And and automation is very important for also trying to understand and quantify things, yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you want to understand, for example, how much um, fuel savings you have in a particular frac job uh, today is difficult, yeah. And if you have an auto a system that is quantifying each individual pump and give you the data of each individual pump on, the, on different states of the pump or states of the engine, they have different emissions, and then you start to get very granular on each individual asset. Yeah? And that is going to be key. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, that it's not like I go and, oh, this is a frac fleet, um, they have 20 engines, and okay, I put a calculator there, usually Excel, and, and that's, that's it. No, you really need to go and each individual asset or emitter mm -hmm. needs to provide a uh, a value, and that value needs to be quantified and 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 measured, and then put that together. And then I think, uh, like we discussed previously, that uh, we can go and I like the ideas of carbon credits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and carbon credits is a good way of quantifying this and and monetizing it a little bit mm -hmm. too. Yeah, um, but even in Canada, it's it's a very important topic. Uh, where we are involved, we have business in Canada too, and 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 that's where automation can help into it. And then uh, there is a lot of potential for automation in the industry, uh, um, and pre pretty much every corner. I mean, we 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 cannot, we don't have the bandwidth to do all all the opportunities that they exist on the automation side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell, dig in a little more on the carbon credit. Tell us what's exciting and, and, and where you're spending time. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, it's it's complicated, mm -hmm. but I, I I like the concept of having a um a system where you can first um and and having a market which is what non non how it's called again I forget the like a like a commodity market no or, um. Or like non-compliance market and you have okay. a compliance market yeah? there you and, the, go. The, the, and that non-compliance market is it's cool because it's kind of people say well we want to save emissions but there was not a market for it and then let's create it yeah mm -hmm. and they have been very successful with it and 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 yeah it has its up and downs mm -hmm. and then and what i excites me the most is really i see a future of carbon trading yeah if yeah. you are a 
technology like we are, we are car carbon avoidance technology. So we are really trying to avoid carbon when equipment is not used. Yeah? Mm -hmm. um, so that has a value and has a quality. But there are other groups that are doing carbon capturing, which is also very interesting. Um, we are not involved in that yet. And, and it's a good, a good system to quantify things. Yeah, no, I remember five or six years ago, car talking about carbon and carbon credits was very avant-garde and it wasn't practical. Yeah, and and today it's it's a very common question that that I think we see from corporates saying, "How do I even think about how your technology is going to abate carbon or 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 remove it?" Yeah, and the and the thing I like the most is this are putting methodologies into places mm -hmm. uh, that you can you can go and audit things. Yeah. yeah. And and that audition is going to be very very key, yeah. Uh, so it's not like oh, EKU is saying uh, we are net zero. No, EKU has an audited net zero, or um, uh, and, and that's going to be also very key. That transparency of what are you emitting on each individual asset or unit, uh, and and how transparent your company is going to be, I think is going to be important, especially on public companies. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about policy? So we talked about carbon accounting, carbon credit. That's that's always a big policy question, mm -hmm. right? Um, is there any policy that you think in the United States or maybe somewhere else that would help move your market forward? EKU? Um, I mean, um, um, em emissions uh, uh, policies are important. Like uh, the engines have tier one, tier two, tier four. I think that has been helpful. Can Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Because I don't. I'm not sure yeah, everyone they, understands. It's, yeah. it's just a, a, in the diesel engines, they have uh, different tiers of of amount of emissions, and depends on on development and and the engine OEMs, Caterpillar, MTU, Cummins, Libert, uh, Libia, uh They they invest billions of dollars in getting into a, a certain amount. Of emissions that the EPA um, allows, yeah, mm -hmm. and and I think that those are very important, and we also see a lot of opportunities for us. We, we for example, we're looking into the next tier that EPA is developing. They have talked to us and say, mm -hmm. "Hey, what do you guys think?" Um, and there can be opportunities, and it can be also bad. Uh, for example, they they might require uh, in, in the next generation to have maximum allowed of uh, idle time and which is would be great then our product would be almost required but uh, that would also mean the oems will need to invest into this yeah so we're gonna get a lot of competition yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then then you know we need to think in what other things to do and how to innovate further yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing about regulation like it's a dialogue from regulators with industry about what where we want to go and also what we can achieve yeah. Right. And and they are talking to you, and they're talking to end customers and OEMs to determine what that tiering should be. Yes. Right? And 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 that 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 is a very healthy conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. But the flip side of that is that regulating anything anywhere right now is hard. Yeah. And so what you're doing, hopefully, um, and what the innovators and what climate tech is doing is helping to reduce those emissions because we can't just sit around and wait for policies to change. Yeah. Right. That it, it, if you can and, help move that forward with or without, sometimes we have to prepare for without. Yeah, sure. And and I mean, uh, th that's uh, why I wake up every day and go to EKU. It's really um, 
I, I'm not waiting on a regulation. I mm-hmm. think it was quite obvious that uh, where we wanted to start EKU, there was a big need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, we had commercial success, but we also had um, sustainability success, let's call it that way. Yeah? And, and that's very important. And that actually attracts a lot of employees. Yeah, Talking about workforce, um, you know, it's it's interesting that people are so so into that that they, they say, oh, I actually want to work for EKU because we are helping into reducing mm-hmm. emissions. Yeah, uh, we're helping into track emissions. Uh, we're helping into uh, increase efficiency of things, and, and that's from from the get go, from the beginning. We we are doing that independent of whatever regulation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked about employees. What else? are y'all looking for right now what else how can houston help you um well they uh, has helped me a lot or not myself the, the company and but also myself but uh um hmm, good question i really don't have an answer it's, it's been it's been great so yeah, yeah. Do, you have, do you have any roadblocks that you're thinking about uh or foresee coming as you're growing the business um Always, always. <laughs> <laughs> there are multiple, but, but I, I, I don't, I don't think so much about those. Uh, I don't know. I, I think we, we have a very clear vision of where we want to be. We, 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 we want to be the automation and electrification expert for the industry, and 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 yes, there's going to be roadblocks, yeah? mm-hmm. and that could be COVID, could be supply chain, could be could be whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's like I said from the beginning, it's part of it. Yeah, but it, it sounds like the biggest thing our audience can do to support you is uh, is to come back and say, here are some jobs that need to be filled, and and here's someone I know who might might be interested in, in working at EKU. Yes, and 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 that's it's also very important because we we when we hire someone, we like them to be very long with us. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, the employees that we had uh, six well since 2015 still are with us. We don't have a lot of uh, turnovers uh, and COVID, we did not fire anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was tough. Yeah, we had uh, salary reductions and things like this, but but we tried to keep everyone. Yeah, and um, but we want to hire people that stay with us until they retire. That's that's the mentality because mm-hmm. it's uh, it's also sustainable mm-hmm. for the company that that we have a very strong team and and and. And it's sustainable for for them too, yeah, to how, have a stable job. Yeah. How many employees do you have right now? Between Germany and the U.S., um, I mean, counting interns, uh, 130. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for those 10 spots you have open, where can people go to apply? Um, in our LinkedIn, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and and where else should people go to to learn about you guys? Um. Um, in our website, I would say it's a good place. Um, but yeah, they can come and visit us. It's yeah. also a better place. Do, do you have a show you're you're going to next, where maybe people could check you out? Yes. Um, in Houston, uh, our next show. Let me think. Well, our next show is actually in Germany. is It's going to be the Bauma uh, in Munich, mm-hmm. um, which is the biggest uh, industrial equipment show in the world it's uh, and it's every three years it's mm. actually bigger than the oktoberfest when <laughs> so so a few millions of people going there and, and we have a booth there um and then here the next one i think is going to be in midland mm-hmm. uh, but i don't remember which one yeah. okay 
right. And then I, I assume if people want to reach out to you, they should reach out through LinkedIn. LinkedIn yeah. is a, is a yeah. great tool. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Anything else you want to share? No. Uh, oh, yes. Maybe. I mean, I'm. I'm what, what's some wisdom you can leave with with entrepreneurs who are thinking about starting a business? Well, uh, I I think the, the the most important part is um, there is always a, a luck mm -hmm. into things. Yeah. I mean, we we've been lucky, but at the same times that comes with with effort too. Uh, you work to be in certain positions so you can be lucky. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, and and it's just uh, you you need to keep grinding there and and stay stay focused. Yeah, not do not do twenty thousand things. Uh, just believe in your product. I mean, our product that I mean we did pivot definitely uh, on our first year of the company, but um, since then six years later we are still with the same product in the market mm -hmm. yeah and mm -hmm. and we believe a lot into it now we're expanding into into mining with the same product we are doing now in the constructions uh these big grains uh they are also starting to use our product mm. so um that because we really believe in that product yeah so we have been focused very focused on that particular product and we never lost that yeah mm. all right well i'm going to be rooting for henry and ruth and rex <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly Thank you, yeah. Edward. This is good. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs>